0: Everybody, we're back here on the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by my friend and co host, Dale Lolly. And it's Tuesday. Later today, Tomlin will be addressing the media for his weekly press conference. But before we do, you get to listen to us here on the show. Dale, how are you doing? It's glad to have you back on the show, man.
1: I'm doing great. Uh, Steelers are 2 and 0. Oh. There's only uh, five teams. In the AFC, that are off to two and O starts, uh, the Steelers are one of them. Uh, that doesn't mean the Steeler Nation is happy, uh, but certainly they should be. I mean, certainly beats uh, last year's O and two start.
0: And 0 and two without Ben Roethlisberger, and the sky was falling. Uh, you know, I think it's safe to say all those things were being said around this time last year. Um, but you know, but you're right; they're two and O, and you can still point to a lot of places to clean up. Um, but something that I've brought up to a few people um, about this is that people think often think that you know to win a Super Bowl or to be a great team you have to be great from start to finish. That's definitely not the case. heck, the Steelers in week two of their 2008 season when they last won the Super Bowl, they barely beat the browns 10 to six so I, I just I just don't I don't get why people are just so bad about about winning. I don't get it.
1: Well, they're all tied up in the you know the, the uh, college football me- mon- uh, mentality that uh, you gotta you gotta go out and look great every week. That's not the case. Nobody does. Um, and as my uh, my high school basketball coach used to tell us, uh, it, nobody cares. It does. You, you don't want to be playing your best foot uh, best early. You want to be playing your best late in the year when it really matters.
0: You're right. You're right. Right, and, and there might be some anxiety from fans because they see the Ravens. And they see the Ravens, they, you know, they, 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 they put up a great show, and they blew out the Browns in week one. They handled the, the Texans in week two. So people might be feeling like, oh, man, that's what the Steelers got to go up against. Well, they do, but not right now. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, if they, if they go – if they sweep the Ravens late in the year, are you really going to care how they beat the Broncos? No, they beat the Broncos. Um, but part of how they beat the Broncos, Dale, was especially two huge step-ups from rookies. And that was Chase Claypool and Kevin Dotson. Alex Highsmith also got in the game. But Dotson got the start at right guard. You wrote a piece about both him and a core for talking about the experience and what helped them get ready for it. What was your you were at the game. What was your your take on how Dotson did at the at guard for the Steelers?
1: I thought he was great. I mean, you know, the the the, the Broncos uh, tried to do some different things over there. Uh the Steelers, of course, helped him out as much as possible. But, uh, you know, he he more than held his own. And, and uh, you know, th- I think the, the future is bright for him. Although if the, if you're the Steelers, you don't want to see him play anymore this season. You've seen enough. You know, he, if he's your backup, you're fine. Uh, but you want your starters back in there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and, uh, Pro Football Focus came out and said of, of the 42 passing plays that he was on, he never gave up a single pressure to Ben Roethlisberger. That's extremely impressive, and it goes along with their grades of him in college. They said he gave up the fewest amount of pressures against the pass. Um, that's extremely good. Now, of course, this is just a one-time start in September in the craziest of years against a Broncos team that, you know, isn't all that loaded, though he did go up against, for a lot of points in the game, Jarrell Casey, who's a five-time Pro Bowler. I thought it was extremely impressive, and uh, part of what he said in an article that you wrote on, um, on Monday was that, he, you know, he, he talked about how going up against the Steelers' defense helped prepare him for the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as he said, uh, uh, you know, when you're facing, you know, Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt and TJ Watt at times or Bud Dupree or whoever it may be, um, you know, why would you be nervous about a game? I mean, you're, you're not going to see many guys who are better, uh, you know, than those guys unless you're facing Aaron Donald every week. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he came out of it well. I'm sure he's confident now. I'm sure he, increased not only his own confidence, but the Steelers' confidence in him moving forward.
0: Absolutely. And the other rookie that really shined bright was Chase Claypool. He took part in three special teams tackles, but his big play of the game was, of course, the bomb that Ben Roethlisberger threw to him in the the second quarter, where he caught an 84-yard touchdown for the Steelers. The Broncos gave him one-on-one coverage, and Ben Roethlisberger ripped their heads off for doing it. Um, and Chase Claypool flashed that four-four-two speed that everyone was talking about in the combine and his height and everything. He made a big catch in week one, and he made an even bigger catch in week two. Dale, that had to get a sense of excitement from, you know, Tomlin and Roethlisberger and everyone around the organization about, man, this guy may be the truth.
1: Yeah, they can't be any more excited about him than they already were, though. Uh, <laughs> he's been doing stuff like that from day one. Uh, at, at training camp. Uh, he's a special player, obviously has some special special skill sets, uh, you know, not only being big but fast. Uh, you know, he's he really is a, a, a going to be a, a talent in this league, and um, he's probably not going to see too many one-on-one situations with no safety help over the top anymore because uh, you just can't afford to do that. I mean, when you put those kind of plays on tape, uh, you know, you're going to start drawing attention to yourself.
0: Right. You you know, you put too many things on tape, everyone's going to start flying to it. But I mean, I think it was interesting how, you know, on that play, the Broncos come out, they come out showing two high safeties. And then as soon as the ball is snapped, one safety flies into the box, the other safety flies to play deep center field. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger is like, okay, well, there's my one-on-one. I, I think part of that may actually be something that they could work into their game if the Steelers are able to show, hey, there's a serious deep threat in this in this team, not just with Claypool, but with Ben Roethlisberger's arm again, now maybe that could be what opens up the ground game by backing more of those safeties off and saying to those linebackers, hey, we got to be cautious because if we fly up, Ben can hit somebody over the middle and, and really hurt our defense. And maybe that's another way to get the ground game started. And that's a ground game that you know, even with the, the some of the struggles people have seen, they have back-to-back games with 100-yard rushers and they're different running backs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not as concerned about the running game as some fans seem to be. The idea in both of these games was to come out and attack weak secondaries. Uh, you know, if you looked at the Giants, uh, they were signing guys off the street to start in that game against the Steelers. The, the Broncos were playing a couple of rookies, a lot of uh, snaps in that game the other day. So, of course, you're going to attack that secondary uh, they would have run the ball more and, and probably more effectively in that fourth quarter had Benny Snell not fumbled. Uh, that kind of changed the, the complexion of that game. Uh, if the Steelers go down and punch it in there or at least get a, get three points there, they're winning 29-14, and we probably don't get to see any of the stuff that happened after that. But as it was, uh, you know, the run-pass ratio was a little off-kilter. But, you know, again, I, I think if the Steelers are winning in those situations, uh, you know, by more than – what they were uh, they continue to uh, they they start pounding the, the rock on the ground as it was they kept trying to attack because they wanted to make sure they got enough points there uh, they didn't get the first down and, and that gave the, the Broncos the ball back but such is life can't turn it over
0: certainly is you can't turn the ball over and Ben Roethlisberger's interception was a rough one um, but by and large you know even for the for the several questionable points, I think it says a lot to where this team is. The fact that they can kind of rally together and still pull out a win. Uh, a friend of mine, Tony Serino, uh, you know, he and I do a lot of other other work together. Um, but uh, he brought up on the last seven times that the Steelers defense has had to defend a one-score game in the fourth late in the fourth quarter, seven times they've done that, and I think that that's impressive when you look at the fact that this defense. You can say, yeah, they, they, they gave up a touchdown to Noah Fant, and, you know, and they gave up a touchdown, You know, I think it was to Melvin Gordon, but when, it, when, when push came to shove, they were the ones that showed up and closed out the game.
1: Yeah, nobody ever wants to give the other team credit uh, for doing anything. Uh, I'll tell you what, Jeff Driscoll uh, gained a lot of respect uh, in that game. He got hit. The Steelers hit the Broncos quarterbacks 19 times in that game, wow. and that doesn't include – the seven sacks that they got so 26 times they hit the quarterbacks and driscoll kept uh, standing back there and, and delivering the football uh kudos to him but uh kudos to the Steelers defense for standing up when it counted
0: absolutely huge huge part on their part we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we got a few recapping things to do and then we're gonna get into uh mike mike hilton i gave him a game ball but now i've written about him for carter's classroom i'll talk to dale about him right after this Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co cool host, Dale Lolly. So, Dale, we got to do some recapping as we do whenever you come back on the show. You know, I just got to brush my shoulders off because over the weekend, you picked. The Minnesota Vikings, I picked the Indianapolis Colts. That was the only – No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. I did not pick the Vikings. I would not – I may not pick the Vikings to win a game all year. There's no way. What are you talking about? Damn. There's no way that that happened. I'm pretty sure I might go back. Uh, I think you might want to go back and check the tape because I did not pick the Vikings. No, what are you talking about? I wrote this down. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I did not pick the Vikings. Did not happen. (laughs) Did not happen. <laughs> well, no, Dale, Dale, this is very serious stuff, man. <laughs> you pick, I wrote it down. You better go back and check the tape, brother, because that didn't happen. I'm telling you right now, I did not pick the Vikings. I won't pick the Vikings all year long. I think they stink. I thought that last week. I thought that going into the season, they stink. Wait, <laughs> right, right,
0: right, if it comes, it's gonna come down to it twice this year. I have to ask, if the Vikings play the Lions, who are you picking? I'll pick the Lions. The Vikings oh my God!
1: Oh my God! The Lions. Oh, he, he, he the Vikings lost like eight guys off that defense. They're <laughs> awful, and they traded away their best wide receiver. They're awful.
0: I don't. I don't know why they did any any of that either. Oh gosh! All right, I had to get my good laughing. All right. Anyways, let's get to Mike Hilton because I I wrote a Carter's Classroom column on him and. I think you wrote um, this down backwards. <laughs> yes, that's totally what I did. But um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so I wrote about Mike Hilton. He led the Steelers in tackles with eight over the weekend. He now has two sacks on the season, one against the Giants, one against the Broncos. Um, and he had he had a, he had a really good pass breakup late covering uh, Jerry Judy down the sideline late in the game. And again, Jerry Judy, a guy who was supposed to be, you know, a young rookie star in the NFL this year. Uh, and it wasn't a bad throw. You know, it was a throw. It was a, it could have been contested. And Mike Hilton ran with him step for step. Uh, you know, I think Mike Hilton for a guy who was signed to a restricted free agent contract and still has to prove that he's worth a long-term contract in the NFL. And he may never get the long-term contract that he may actually deserve for all the things he does for the Steelers. But he had a heck of a game, I thought, Dale.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mike Hilton's a, a good football player. I think people, you know, I, I've written in the past that, that the, you know, the Steelers would like Cam Sutton to win that job. Um, you know, they, they, they'd like to upgrade over, over Mike Hilton. And he doesn't – he's not the best guy in coverage. But he does a lot of the little things that, that, that they can't replace him in the starting lineup. They just haven't been able to do that. Sutton's a good football player as well, but he hasn't been able to, to beat out Mike Hilton in this situation. And it's, I, it's never with me been a situation where I didn't like Mike Hilton. I think Mike Hilton's a good football player. If Mike Hilton were 5'11 instead of five foot eight or whatever he actually is, Mike Hilton would have been drafted, and he wouldn't be with the Steelers right now. That's not been the case. He's just a he's a, he's a survivor. Uh, you know, if Mike Hilton were 6'5", he would have been a starting defensive end for somebody. Uh, he's just a football player. No matter you know where you line him up at, he just makes plays.
0: No, that's the thing that I look at him and I break down with this classroom is that he wasn't just a slot cornerback, and he never really is just a slot cornerback. You know, he's officially a slot cornerback, but he flies all over the field. He had a tackle for loss on Melvin Gordon where he set the edge. He he actually beat out former Steeler Nick Nett, who was at tight end on the play, he gets up in his chest, drives Vanette backwards, and then establishes a to keep his outside hand free and turn Melvin Gordon back and then wraps himself around Melvin Gordon and brings him down. Like, I was extremely impressed by his effort there. And not that it's a, it was a shock to me because we've seen Hilton do that before. We've seen him blow up Travis Kelsey in a game before where they, where they, where they, were, where they went up against each other in a blocking situation. But – to see him continue to do it, it's just a constant reminder that I think this dude is, you know, one of the more underrated players for what he can bring to a football team on this roster, considering that there's a lot of really good players on this roster. Um, I, I just continue to be surprised by how he finds ways to contribute. And, and like you said, yeah, he's not the, the, the best in coverage, but he's at least adequate enough that he's not going to get victimized every single time he's out there. And you saw that when, the, you know, they tried him late in the game deep and he was one-on-one with Jerry Judy and he was ran step for step and, and got the play done.
1: Yeah, again, just a just gamer, a guy that, uh, you know, every time he's on the football field does something. And remember, uh, two years ago on Christmas Day in Houston, he had three sacks against Deshaun Watson down there in that game uh, coming free on blitzes. Yeah, uh, yeah and so uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go three for three here in the, in, to open the season and uh, be a factor there you got to you got to account for him in the in the uh in the blitz packages and the blitz pickups and uh you know that's something that uh the Steelers have been taking advantage of uh if he occupies another blocker uh that means one of those other guys has an opportunity to get free as well
0: absolutely I mean, and that's something that that uh, that might start to happen more with back to back weeks with sacks Um, And then you, I mean, again, you look at how he he snuck around Saquon Barkley in this game. He got in the backfield and and, and he got his man again. Um, It's, it's, I'm also just astounded by just how so often he does get the snap count right. Like, Troy Palmo did a million different things. But one of those million different things that he that he did was he was able to anticipate when the ball was snapped. Now, Mike Hilton still doesn't do it the way that Troy Pomo did it, where he would fly over the the, the line of scrimmage and bring down the quarterback at the right second. But so many times he approaches the line of scrimmage and then he's just ready to go and he's right on top of whatever the other team is doing. I, that is a weird knack to have, but he's got it. And he and that makes him such a valuable asset to the secondary, so much so that you know, I, I thought we'd see more Sean Davis in these early games, but the Steelers haven't had to use him.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, you know, I, I talked to him about that last year, and he said it's all, you know, film study and, and, and you know, making, you know, paying attention to, to the little things. Uh, but I think, too, he may be benefiting this year, and I'd like to ask him this, is he benefiting from being able to hear more this year? Uh, you know, it's not as not as much crowd noise. Can you hear the cadence? Is is that helping him time these things up? Because he's hitting it right at the right time on awful lot
0: this year. He certainly is. I actually forgot all about that three sack performance because that was Christmas Day too. Man, what a different time that was. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, but seriously, I, you know, and that's something else to consider because Deshaun Watson is a uh, you know is a is a mobile quarterback. I'd say he's one of the best of the young quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's also facing. Of the most pressures in the NFL right now, and it's it's crazy. I, I looked at a, I think Pro Football Focus left put out a list of the teams that have the, that have been giving up the most pressure to their quarterbacks. Two of the teams are the teams the Steelers have played in the Broncos and the Giants, and then two of the other teams are teams that they're going to face. You know, you know very you know pretty soon in the Texans and the Bengals. Uh, is is Houston about to be in for a lot of problems?
1: Yeah, I think anybody that plays the Steelers defense that doesn't protect their quarterback well is going to be in for a lot of issues. And part of the re- part of the thing with Houston is that Deshaun Watson holds on to the football. He will, he is he's courageous. He'll stand in there and wait to deliver the football and take the hits, but uh yeah, this is this is going to be an interesting game. The the, the uh, Ravens got to him four times last week or yesterday, I should say, or, or Sunday, I should say. Uh, you know, the Steelers uh, should be able to get there as well. They've got 10, 10 sacks in the first uh, the first two games, uh, four takeaways. That puts them on pace for 80 sacks and 32 takeaways. So, yeah, the takeaways wouldn't be nearly as many as they had last year. But, uh, you know, my call of them getting 65 sacks this year, that looks pretty good.
0: It, it really does. Um, and, and, yeah, sure, they had seven sacks in this game, and you're thinking they won't get seven sacks in every game. But – they're still they still have a lot of young quarterbacks to play. Like we just said, Deshaun Watson is is still on the register this year. They still get to play he Josh. He's twenty four years old. What, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he's a young he, guy. He, he's still very young. Um Sam Darnold still very young. Josh Allen still very young. Um you know you're you're looking across the league and you're thinking like man, there's gonna be some really good chances, and that's not even talking about the a f c north quarterbacks like Baker mayfield and joe burrow i mean and even Lamar Jackson, who is extremely elusive, but if you can you know maintain the rush lanes that you can eventually try to pin him down
1: uh yeah Houston um, got to him four times yesterday, so.
0: Exactly, yeah, and, and and Houston's defense ain't like the Steelers' defense. The Steelers' defense, um, I think there's a lot of potential for the, for that 80s. I mean, 80 sacks. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just like trying to compute that in my brain because um, that's just ridiculous. But, um, but no, yeah, and I think Mike Hilton. He's he's, a, he's a, a very interesting piece to that. I, I'd compare him to like a bishop on a chessboard because he can come slicing in from, from any direction diagonally and just taking you out if you're not paying attention to him um, because the way that he's, he's found a way to make himself a role in this defense, uh, it, it, it makes me wonder. It's like, you know, with this Steelers defense and all the pieces that you have on it, you know, how valuable is he – moving forward, you know, you can't imagine that they're going to try and pay him a whole lot next year and he may become a free agent and they can't restricted free agent tag him anymore. Um, but it, it, I mean, he seems like it's like, it's such an instinctive player. It's tough to let that guy go.
1: Yeah, it is. And we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we'll see what happens with the salary cap. Uh, you can't keep everybody though, and things have to change. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes with the Steelers. I will say this before we close things out. I picked the Colts last week, not the Vikings. I can tell you that right now.
0: <laughs> hey, tweet at Dale, tweet at Dale Lolly. Tell him that he, that he that he picked he picked the uh, he picked the Vikings. I almost said it backwards. Um, but, uh, I, think but you picked, no, I think
1: you picked the Vikings. I, I, right now, pick, I would no, not be, there's and no and way I picked the Vikings. It. Come there's on. There's no way I picked the
0: Vikings. Guys, guys, come on. We we Don't know get me
1: started, Chris. Don't
0: get me started. Hey, hey, listen, tweet at me at Carter Critiques. Just tell Dale what the deal is that he picked the Vikings and he needs to get over it. You can tweet at him at DLolly underscore PGH. Tweet at me at Carter Critiques. Tell him I'm right. That's what you should do. You're Uh, never right. That can't be possible. But okay. Uh, But okay. Thanks, Dale, for coming on the show. We'll have you back later in the week. We're going to take one quick break. And after this, it's Don't Get Me Started right here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started about Adam Shine trying to jump on the Steelers hype train way too late. This is Don't Get Me Started here, the rant segment of the DK Pitts or the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter and I've been started here. Okay, but before we get into that, I want to clear something with all you listeners. I know I picked the Vikings. I know it wasn't a good pick and it didn't work out, but hear me out. We're going to have fun with Dale. He's a he's an older guy that doesn't always do great with technology, so let's tweet at him, tell him he was wrong, and maybe he'll forget. And then it'll be funny because then he'll be like, you guys are crazy. And no, we won't be crazy because we'll be right, even though we'll be lying. Anyways, have fun with me there. Tweet at Dale Lolly, get him D Lolly underscore P G H. It'll be hilarious. Work with me here. Anyways, what I've been started about is Adam Shine. Now, it isn't because Adam Shine isn't just always wrong about everything, but it's hilarious how wrong he is, and then tries to play like he's not wrong. Like, hey, if you just were wrong, you know, wrong and strong and that's just where you were, and you're just like, hey, that's where I was, that's one thing, like, you know what, like, uh, like, like how, for example, in real life here, right, you know, that, when I'm not doing a bit to get Dale Lolly, you know, I, I was, I was wrong with the Vikings, I thought that they beat the Colts, because I thought the Colts would stink after losing to the Jaguars, uh, but the Vikings, you know, stunk even worse, uh, but... Again, that wasn't a hard call that I made. Adam Schein is a guy who, through all this offseason, leading into this 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 year, he was so all about the Steelers stinking, and they were going to fall apart, and Ben Roethlisberger was never going to throw a football, and blah, 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 blah. All these things. He was just hating, 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 hating. And I get it because he's a Browns fan. He's made that clear over the years. So back in the day, uh, he, said, he, tw- he tweeted the following. And I say back in the day because this is like June. He said, Steelers used to be about Lombardi trophies in February. Now it's haircuts and hype videos in May. This is what happens when you miss the playoffs in back-to-back years and Baltimore is loaded and Cleveland oozes talent and has a real head coach. Okay, that tweet itself gets me started. First of all, okay, Baltimore is loaded. Yes, they are. They're 2-0 just like the Steelers are, but they're blowing out their people. That's totally fine. But Cleveland oozes talent? Huh? Has a real head coach, like the Steelers don't have a real head coach. And I'm sorry, who's their head coach? Some guy named Steph Kevin Stefanski, who no one cares about. Mike Tomlin, who is one of like the only head coaches in NFL history to be this long as head coach the NFL without a losing season. Are you kidding me? So that itself got me started. But then, but again, and and shout out to uh, a Steelers fan that that that. Cut this up beautifully last week on Twitter. Her name's Samantha James. You can find her at Samantha X James underscore on Twitter. She's a great Steelers follow, um, and uh, she points. She's really funny. She puts out some really good stuff there. I I, I enjoy following her account. But uh, you know, on but she 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 showed that tweet and then found a tweet where. Uh, Adam Schein was on CBS Sports Network praising the Steelers like he knew they were going to be good. He says, The Pittsburgh Steelers deserve a lot of credit. I'm telling you, this is going to be a dangerous team, a dynamite team, week in and week out. And he's fired up about this Steelers team. Get the heck out of here. No, 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 no. You said the Steelers would stink. Now they're doing no, and now you're upset. and Now you're trying to cover your tracks like we didn't see you pick against them. Get out of here, Adam Schein. We don't want you over here. This is Pittsburgh. Stay the heck over there in Cleveland. And when the Steelers sweep the Browns this season, and granted, it's been a minute since they swept the Browns. Remember, they tied them in 2018, they lost them in 2019, they haven't swept the Browns since 2017, and that's weird, right? Because the last time that they've not gone two years without being swept by the Steelers, I think you have to go back to like the early 2000s, maybe even the 90s when they weren't even these Cleveland Browns. But point being, don't hop on this train. You want wanted off this train. You want it on that train over there. Stay over there. And the same thing goes for the rest of the national media. And I said it on this show. We would tell these people, we told you so. Because people were saying the Steelers are going to stick. They're going to be 5-11. They're not going to do anything. Ben Roethlisberger, he can't throw a deep ball. How can he throw a deep ball? He had elbow surgery. He'll never throw a deep ball. Oh, here's he, here he is throwing an 84-yard touchdown to Chase Claypool. Oh, here he is throwing, what's he, what's he throwing, five touchdown passes in his first two games? I bet you they didn't think he thought it in his first five games, and here he is. And yes, the Steelers could be better and, and, and all that stuff. But like Dale and I just brought up, you know, they weren't better in you know in you know in, in other years. In two thousand eight, they were ten. They, they beat the Browns ten to six in week two. That was the year they won that the Steelers would go on to win the Super Bowl. The year after, the, the week after that, and they got destroyed by the Eagles. They gave up five field goals, and the offense was completely abysmal. Couldn't even beat that. They couldn't even move the ball because they were just giving up pressure left and right. And they looked like a train wreck. But what happened? They got better during the middle of the year. They were able to win the games that they needed to win to get to the playoffs. And then they were the better team in the playoffs to beat the teams that they needed to beat. That's all this team needs to do. And And I'm not saying all that they need to do as if it's, oh, it's just that easy. I'm saying it's all they need to do in the sense that they don't need to be blowing people out in weeks one and two to... To, to to as if it somehow helps them in some BCS rankings that don't even exist. Don't worry about that. But to all those national people out there, like Adam Shine, like, like Colin Coward, we'll get into him later. Like, I uh, we could keep going down the line. There's several people that that's that, that that's been saying this kind of nonsense to all those people out there that thought the Steelers were going to be a joke and you, you could laugh at them all year. Right now, they're two and zero. Oh. And those were two of those games that I always hear that Mike Tomlin's teams always lose. Because they always lose to the bad teams. They always lose to the teams that that they're not supposed to lose to. And that's why he can't be a great coach. But here they are beating two teams that they were supposed to beat. Handling their business both on the road and at home. And Ben Roethlisberger figuring out how his arm works again. Still trying to figure that out. And with an offensive line being, you know, just being completely replaced on the right side, got a third-string rookie fourth-round pick starting at right guard. Oh, but this it's no problem. They're getting it done. That's what they do. So tell those people that are trying to hop on the Steelers' bandwagon, call them out, like Samantha James did. Again, follow her on Twitter, at Samantha James underscore X. She's a great follow. But be, uh, I think we need more people like that that just keep those receipts. Because you all remember, I used to do a, I, I did part of my, part of my don't get me started is Chris got receipts. And that's going to happen more and more as the Steelers season goes on. Uh, so I guess this is kind of a Chris got receipts moment, but technically Samantha brought the receipt. So point being, we need more Steelers fans out there to be pointing these type, type of things out. Remember, and, and, and just, 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 just remind yourself, you know, when you're watching Sunday morning, foot, you know, Sunday morning countdown or you know, whatever pregame show you like to watch and you see someone down in your Steelers or you're watching, you know, inside the NFL on Showtime or just anything you see out there and you see someone saying, man, the Steelers are frauds or this, that, and the third, just kind of mark that down. Just, you know, bookmark the tweet. Just, like, film the video on your phone real quick and just be like, hmm, that person said this. Because, I again, I wouldn't say this every year, but this year in particular, I think the Steelers are in a a special position to be very good. And it could be behoove you To have those, because when you have those "this you" moments, like that moment where someone says something, you know, months ago, and then they say something different months now, and then you could just post a snapshot or the video of them saying that first thing, and just be like, "Was this you?" Because that's a completely different what you're saying now. All that kind of stuff pays off, and I think it's also hilarious and great content. Um, But also, it shows that hey, you know, we the don't don't try to paint this picture like the Steelers were some heavy favorites going into the season because they weren't. Maybe they were in Pittsburgh, but not around the country. But y'all got me started. And this has been Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Thanks so much to everyone who's listening to the show. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. The DK Steelers Podcast is part of the DK Sports Radio Network that we have going on here. We've got the DK Pirates Podcast. We've got the DK Daily Shot. We've got uh, Noah's No Doubters, where Noah Hiles, at the end of the week, goes over the top betting uh, options that you should have, that you can count on. And we've got Noah's uh, great podcast, Down Memory Lane, where he talks to former Steelers, our former former Pittsburgh athletes and uh last week's episode was pretty incendiary because he had called Krauser former pitt uh point guard from the uh early to mid 2000s who made the accusation that he was play he played with people who shaved points brought up uh, some interesting questions there we'll wonder to see what comes of that. Um, but all of that is found here on the DK Sports Radio. Please leave us a five star review of a five star review with a positive comment. Those really help us out in the shows and the rankings to show everyone what we're doing here. I'm Chris Carter. This has been the DK Steelers Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.